What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Hold the Lane, episode 14. Hold the Lane is a competitive Call of Duty podcast focusing on the game of Call of Duty and the esports scene behind it. You can find Hold the Lane on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, really anywhere that you listen to your podcast, and those are the most common places. Uh, Yeah, you can find it on those places, and it's really no secret that it's been a really, really, really long time since I've done a podcast, uh, one of these Hold the Lane episodes. It's been about a month and a half. I think the last episode that I recorded was uploaded on November 9th. I recorded that episode with one of my good friends named Chase Bennett. We had a really good talk about the LA Thieves announcement, and we speculated a lot more about Optic. And obviously, since it's been such a long time, that eventually got announced, so... I'm back doing this again. Uh, Obviously, there was a really long hiatus there between November and now, but we're in 2021 now, and I'm really, really excited to get this going, Uh, get a little more consistent with the podcast again, because this podcast has done wonders for me. It's um, allowed me to create more content centered around gaming and really just be more active on social media because of the podcast and because people listen to it, you know, uh, just really organically. And really the big reason that the hiatus even happened was because it started off with technical issues in the room that I actually recorded the podcast in. And then once I got back home, it just sort of got put put on the back burner for a little bit because other things became the priority. And we always have time in the day, but it just it's really, really interesting uh, how the dynamic works sometimes. Uh, there's creators like David Dobrik, who I know I'm on a very, very, very small scale compared to him. But even on his podcast, he says that when it came to the vlogs that he became very successful with on YouTube, he said that he knew when he was posting the vlogs that if he stopped at any point uh, for an extended amount of time, maybe like a week or so, that it would be really, really hard for him to get back into it. And that's sort of where I got mentally at some at some points. You know, I got back home and I was like, all right, well, since Black Ops Cold War launched just a couple of days after my last episode, I want to do um, a big episode surrounding the launch and get a guest on for it. And I was going to bring on a guest that I've had in the past, and we just had some some weird things scheduling it. I had some weird technical issues with the actual program, program I was going to use to record it. Uh, right now, I'm just using Audacity. And you can tell uh, if you're three minutes into the podcast already that the audio quality is a little different now because I'm just using my AirPods. But by the time I record the next episode, the one after this one, I should have a more professional setup again because I'll be moving back to school this Saturday um, January 9th, hopefully, if everything goes well. It's going to be my very last semester at Longwood University. I'm a senior now, obviously. So uh, yeah, my very last semester. I only have a couple of classes, but um, there are some really big things going on. And I guess that sort of ties into what I've been doing for the past month and a half uh, because of the podcast. The podcast allowed me to make some really good connections uh, throughout those couple of months. One of those being with Aaron, aka Don from 1.37pm. I feel like this is a really necessary shout out because if it wasn't for... If it wasn't for the connection being made between me and him, then uh, I wouldn't have been been able to have him on the podcast to begin with back in like October, I think it was. And then from there, things things just really kept snowballing. It's really, really crazy how it happens. You know, one connection leads to another. Um, The first connection with Aaron wouldn't have been even possible without Tyler. Uh, Tyler Schmidt, he's a great guy. And you know, from the connection with Aaron, everything just kept snowballing. And for those who don't follow me on social media, really any social media at all, then uh, you'll hear now that through the podcast, I landed a really, really fun 
editing job with Vayner Sports. And Vayner Sports is under that Vayner umbrella owned by Gary Vaynerchuk. And I've always said that if I wasn't working for a CDL team, then I really, really wanted to work for Gary at some point because I started watching him back in 2017. And it was like October of 2017. My very first video that I ever watched of him, I actually found him on Facebook. And it was the video where he's out in, out in the parking lot wearing a white shirt. And he's, he's saying that he's scared for everybody graduating this time of the year. And it's, it's sort of, sort of relatable to what I'm doing now. You know, I'm really, really close. Uh, we're in January now I'm graduating in May. And that was the first video that really got me onto Gary, such a motivational dude. And I just binged all of his videos, you know, uh, didn't matter if it was a keynote, a speech, or just a daily vlog because he did daily vlogs back then. Uh, I've watched almost all of them. You know, I'm sure there's some videos here and there that I've missed. But for the most part, once I found him, I was consuming his content at a huge, huge scale. Uh, so that's really where it all started with that. And then it all just became like once I got to Longwood, I started cold DMing everybody. You know, it's really, really similar to cold emailing or yeah, th things like that. I'm pretty sure that's where it originated. And so I would just send out random DMs to people and just be like, you have my dream job. How do I get that dream job? Just really simply, you know, I would just be like, this is my dream job. What's your advice? You know, I would message videographers and see what they thought, see what they would say. Um, some of the best advice I ever got was that, you know, realistically, it's going to take you a couple of years. Like it's going to take you probably two years to achieve your dream. And thankfully, uh, one of those videographers that I'm not going to mention right now, at least, uh, he was right about that because back in 2018, uh, that's what was said to me. And then now I landed the job in 2020. I started working with Vayner on November 30th, and it's been really fun since. Just doing some really good uh, editing work for editing and social media work for some of their top gaming clients. Um, and it's it's been really good. It's been really, really good. And I'm hoping to not only do well with it uh, this spring as I turn it into an internship and treat it as, as class credit, I'm also hoping to make it more of a long-term thing after I graduate, if it's possible. So those are my those are my plans. That's why Hold the Lane has been sort of on the back burner as of late. Um, haven't really found. I can't really say I haven't found the time to do it, but I've just I've just been in my head too much. You know, um, I hate using the term perfectionist, but I hate using it because it's uh, you really don't get much done when you just always say, "Oh, I'm a perfectionist," and I don't really think that. Um, there's any other reason that this isn't getting done. So I used to use that excuse way back in like elementary school and middle school, but you know, it really just comes down to, I was just in my head too much. Uh, yeah. So let's actually get into what the podcast is about. If you're new around here, the podcast is all about competitive call of duty. And with that comes actually talking about the game itself. So sometimes I do talk about, uh, the game itself and you know if if things if guns have gotten nerfed if guns have gotten buffed any new maps have been added things like that but most of the time it's more focused on the cdl and the competitive side of things so right off the bat here i'm going to talk about the black ops cold war launch because i still have yet to do that um and really just what my thoughts were when it launched so obviously before the before the game even launched, I had so much playtime on the alpha and the beta. I wish that there was a way for me to see how much time we actually put in on the on the alpha and beta because I grinded that. I, I grinded those weekends out like crazy. When they gave us the extra days, I played those extra days. And even when, even when I was busy with school stuff, I was still trying to find time to do that. So 
once we got to the launch of the game, uh, things were relatively the same since the beta. They did they did upgrade a few things. You know, they fixed um, certain guns. They did some weapon tuning, and they finally introduced the new prestige slash like leveling system sort of thing. It's sort of like a mixture between what MW had and like the classic prestige system that we're used to. Honestly, it's it's so it's such a weird system that you're more or less just better off saying like, all right, well, if I'm gonna grind it, uh, I'm just gonna just just blindly uh, grind it and don't really think about how the levels work. You know, just just grind it and don't really think too much about it. So I've always been more of a main AR player when it comes to Call of Duty. So I've been testing all the ARs ever since the game launched and. I didn't use the Krig a single time during the alpha or the beta, but obviously if you follow competitive at all, the um the Krig is the main gun now, especially since for the pros at least the AK the AK47 got GA'd. So the Krig even with the AK47 in play in my GBs, I've always been using the Krig, but there's a lot of controversy surrounding the GAs, things like that. So maybe we'll get into that in just a little bit, but for now I'm just going to stick on the game a little bit. I uh, me and my friends have said that really Black Ops Cold War feels like a better MW. You know, the the gameplay and the visuals are very, very similar. Um, not so much the movement, because I'm really, really excited that they, that they took out Tactical Sprint. Tactical Sprint in, in MW was just another reason for me to break my controller. Uh, not in like a rage way, but just naturally from clicking the, le- the left analog stick that much. So I'm really glad that they took out unnecessary movement mechanics like that and that's why i don't want to go back to a game like advanced warfare if they ever bring back jetpacks because i just i just clicked my thumbsticks way too often and broke broke one too many controllers by doing that naturally i've never thrown a controller in my life but uh extra movement mechanics like that just are just so unnecessary so i'm glad that treyarch fixed a lot of the things that I didn't like about MW, including the doors. There's no doors in Black Ops Cold War. There should never be any any true like doors that you have to bust through or open in any Call of Duty. Uh, firm believer in that. Like, I guess shout out to them for trying to do that, but like, it's it's not a it's not a good mechanic. It's it was never really good. I mean, sure there were there were some good plays in the competitive scene along the way with um you know, certain teams finding out ways to actually lock the doors. I never knew, I never knew until like champs that there was a way to lock the doors, but, um, yeah, I'm just, just not a fan of doors. So clearly I've always been a Treyarch guy. Um, I said that this game feels a, a lot like MW, but it, they really improved on it. So it's not, it's not that it feels l- too much like it, but they really just, took the foundation that was MW and improved on it as far as the movement goes, as far as the gun mechanics goes, and things of that nature. Um, I can grind pubs on this game for a good while, especially if I'm with friends, and I just simply couldn't do that on, on MW. I actually didn't even play the full year of MW. I played like maybe a month, maybe a month or two, and then I went back to Black Ops 4 with some some friends of mine for uh, the rest of the year. So... That's pretty much how I felt about the launch of Black Ops Cold War. Obviously, there's a lot of things that happened. Um, Treyarch was always on top of nerfing and doing some weapon tuning, some weapon tuning and things like that. The patches on deck, like they like they always are. Really, Treyarch is like one of the best. They they're definitely the best dev of the the Activision umbrella. But um, 
I'm really, really looking forward to the competitive scene. And let's go ahead and get into that now. The CDL, some of the CDL news. We're going to start it on sort of a somber note, um, unfortunately, just because it's sort of it happened before the game launched. So before we get into the Optic uh, roster being announced and Paris roster being announced, the 2021 CDL season format announced, we're going to talk about Pharaoh. It's sort of like uh, the elephant in the room, but in a good way. Um, I really wanted to talk about him because I didn't want to just move on in the podcast history because I'm going to keep doing these in the future and I don't, I don't really plan on stopping. And I didn't want to go on at all and record another episode without talking about him. So I'm not going to go into the details too much about his passing, but all I'm going to say about it is that if you looked at his Twitter, if you looked at his Instagram, there was really no secret that he was battling depression. And obviously a lot of people do. I've had uh, siblings, family members, um, all kinds of people, all kinds of walks of life, you know, people around me uh, battle it. And it was just very obvious through social media, in my personal opinion, and it's it's so, so unfortunate to see that happen, especially since he was arguably in the prime of his career. You know, the the Call of Duty League had just went into fran- franchising. We were going into our second year, and it it just it's really really sad to see. Um, he performed really well at the Florida Mutineers for a couple of events. They won at least two, maybe three. I can't remember if it was three or not. And uh, it was just crazy to see. You know, I think it was actually a day after I uploaded that last podcast, episode 13, that it all happened on Twitter. And um, it just sucks, really. Um, for those that don't know, Pharaoh was well known for being an SD star before he actually broke out onto the pro scene. Um, he broke out on the pro scene actually during the World War II season when he was on the Team Caliber squad. They won stage two playoffs and then they placed second at COD Champs that year in the World War II season when they fell to Evil Geniuses. And that Evil Geniuses squad consisted of apathy, silly, assault, and aches. It's always uh, sort of a, a quiz for me to try to remember that roster because honestly, it's that that game in general is really forgettable in my opinion, even though there, there were some really good events. Um, but until like the second half of that game's life cycle, it really wasn't enjoyable for me. It was just, it was barely enjoyable. Like the S&D scene was barely enjoyable, but I, uh, I don't know. The, the game was just weird. But then when they finally did the revamp, that was what, that was what was really fun about the game. So um, I think that Team Caliber squad went through at least two different iterations throughout the year. And that's when him and Kenny broke out. Him and Kenny, uh, Pharaoh and Kenny made a really good name for themselves in World War II as like the best young guns in the in the league, really. And so moving into the BF4 season, they both signed to 100 Thieves before the season started, and that team just barely qualified for the actual Call of Duty World League. And then once they qualified, uh, Pharaoh actually got the short end of the stick. Everybody knows how the story goes with the 100 Thieves. They made a massive roster change when they picked up Priesta to replace Pharaoh, and they picked up Crowder as well as the head coach. So this left Pharaoh in a limbo of sorts. Um, I, don't, I don't think he really traveled to, to too many teams, but he did land up on Team Envious at one point, um, just Envy really. And he, um, I don't think the placing went too well, but he... He, he at least found a home, you know. Uh, it's better than being a free agent and just sort of riding the coattails of hopefully, you know, um, doing decent with streaming, but I don't even think he streamed that much. Uh, he actually, fun fact about some of his live streams, he actually did a ton of in-real live streams, uh, you know, just chatting and using his phone, walking around town. 
and uh, just doing errands and stuff before he actually passed away. So that was really fun to see. I know that a lot of people enjoyed those. So that's really cool. So moving into the Modern Warfare season, he landed on the Florida Mutineers. He played with Awakening, Skies, Havoc, and Frosty, I believe it was. I think that was the full roster. And I think Pristini was in there at one point, but he obviously went to the Chicago Huntsman and made that um, year sort of turnaround for them. Uh, so the Florida Mutineers, like I said earlier, they won two to three events. I can't remember um, how many exactly it was, but uh, they actually had a, a good moment where everybody was like, this is the best team in the league, and we never really, never really thought it was going to be that way. Um, and then they had their downfall when everybody started to catch up with them. Obviously, there's there's a lot of drama that goes around that because of the uh, the cheating accusations and stuff like that for Awakening. I, don't, I still don't personally believe in that. I just think that a lot of teams just caught up to them. And that's the same way, the same way that I believe uh, a lot of teams caught up to the Minnesota Rocker. It's the same way. And that's going to be a really, really fun to watch actually in the um, – the 2021 season, both Florida Mutineers and also the Minnesota Rocker. They have a really good team. So uh, I think that with um, going into the 2021 season, it's it's going to be a new Florida Mutineers. Obviously, that fourth bit that they had to pick up, uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure for him. And we're, mo- we're moving from 5v5 to 4v4, so it's, it's going to be a more team-based game, in my opinion. There's going to be more strategy involved and more mind games, really, because I've played a lot of GBs on Cold War so far, and it's it's really interesting how Search and Destroy works, um, particularly, but I haven't played enough Respawn to really know a lot of how it's played competitively. I've watched scrims like crazy, but it's, um, it's different until there's an actual event. So before I announce and talk about um, who filled Pharaoh's spot on the Florida Mutineers, here's the clip where... Pharaoh actually, he had already recorded his return video to the Florida Mutineers saying that he's going to play for them again, and he's really, he's really looking forward to the 2021 CDL season. So before we get into the fourth, here's, here's that little clip right here from, from the Florida Mutineers Twitter. Hopefully they don't mind me sharing it. Um, small podcast like mine, hopefully they don't mind it. So here's the clip. As you guys know, I like to make money with the same gang, and here I am. Playing with the same boys for the 2021 season. I'm excited, and I can't wait to get to it. Such a sad time when things like that happen. The The last time that it happened with the Call of Duty scene was back when Fizzer passed away. Um, Fizzer was a big blow to the scene because he was really, really good in Search and Destroy. He was one of those S&D stars that just never really made it big, but he did, um, he did have some good events in Black Ops 3, and he was on the H2K squad when he passed away, actually. So the fourth that is filling his spot, or filling Pharaoh's spot on the Florida Mutineers, is Slacked, and he will be joining Havoc, Awakening, and Skies. And I think Slacked is really a perfect fit. Like, um, with with the amount of people that they had left to choose from, it's it's really a no-brainer, in my opinion. Uh, in Black Ops 4, Slack was really well known for running the saw grapple combination, and he um, he sort of turned his turned his whole Black Ops 4 career around when he went from being pretty me- mediocre, in my opinion, early on in the year, is at least like to his potential. Compared to the second half of the year, when the Slack Slam went from a went from a really like poor term to use to being a term that when you hear Slack Slam on a on a Call of Duty broadcast. 
that's going to be picking up a three or four piece with the graph slim. So that was really, really, really cool. Slack is going to be um, joining this Florida Mutineer squad. And I think that, I think that they could, um, they could definitely hold their own against certain teams. We've seen them play a few tournaments here recently with the likes of um, the Chicago Optic, the Optic, Optic Chicago, Dallas Empire. I think the Atlanta Phase was in that tournament. They actually played a Pharaoh Memorial tournament, and a lot of CDL teams played with their actual teams. So it was really, really cool to see. And they've also really done really well in scrims, in my opinion. So this league is going to be stacked, and I'm going to get into that a lot later when we talk about the other rosters. So... I'm going to end out this little Pharaoh segment here with just bluntly saying, reach out to your close friends, you know, reach out to those quote unquote ride or die friends. Uh, let them know how much you love them. Uh, I, I actually did it the day that I found out the news about Pharaoh. I texted all of my close friends. Um, and by all, I mean a couple of them because, you know, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on those ride or die friends. Those are the ones that really, really matter. Um, when it comes down to it, you know, like when, when everything's said and done. So I did it on the day he passed away and it, it just feels really good to do so when someone like that passes away, like someone that you have watched content of plenty of times in the past, you know, if, if you're a fan of Call of Duty and, you know, maybe you didn't watch the Florida Mutineers content that they put on YouTube, maybe you didn't, you know, interact with their Twitter a lot, but you've watched at least a, a couple of matches with Pharaoh in them. So the fact that, you know, someone that you maybe have walked past at an event if you've been there or just seen on your screen, you know, going off after he um, does a crazy play or something like that. It's just pretty surreal to to see something like that happen. Hopefully we don't we don't have to really deal with it ever again. But it's it's so, so sad when it does happen. So um, if you're going through a similar situation that Pharaoh was, please, please find someone to talk to. It always sounds cheesy, but um, it's it's true that you're really not alone in these scenarios. There's always a friend that's going to be willing to talk to you, and I, I truly mean it. You know, I have some notes that I'm reading off from here, but I, I only have the notes just so that I remember what to say um, in certain scenarios. I don't have like a full-on script that I'm talking with, but it's just so that I remind myself to to say these things out loud on the podcast. So. To, mo to move more into a more of an upbeat topic, we're going to talk about the two rosters that were announced to um, to really finish off everything. Uh, one is going to be, the I guess we'll do the Paris Legion first, even though it's not really in chronological order. We're going to do the Paris Legion roster with, being, with that being Scraps, Fire, Aqua, and Classic. And coming from my point of view, the only players that I really knew about that much were Scraps, Aqua, and Classic. You know, Classic had a couple of a couple of good events in Black Ops 4. He had a couple in Modern Warfare. I know that he had some uh, some little turmoil with Toronto Ultra in Modern Warfare, if I'm not mistaken. And so that was that was a little interesting to see that play out. And then Scraps was obviously on the London Royal Ravens. He's been on Red Reserve in the past, and he's always been a pretty good AR player in my opinion. Aqua, honestly, I didn't know a ton about him, but I have seen him on a lot of teams in the past. Um, always on that like mid to lower tier team, uh, in my opinion, at least. And then Fire, he's sort of the oddball for me. I know that he does come from the challenger scene, but I just didn't know a lot about him at the time. So this is going to be a really, really interesting squad to watch play some of these events. Um, we'll talk about the format in a little bit, too, and just how it could help a team like this. And... 
yeah, so th- this team has a lot to prove. You know, there's there's a lot of ways that this team can prove themselves when it comes to the five majors that we'll be having in the in the CDL season. I would say that if they manage to break like top six in one of the majors, then that's going to be a really really good event for them compared to all the other teams that we have. So it's it's going to be really interesting for them. Uh, it's not a lot much else to say about this, but. I think that once we get a rule set, like a really established rule set for the CDL, then uh, things will be things will actually be a lot easier to predict, predict in my opinion. And at the time that I'm recording this, it's actually 12, 14 a.m. on January 7th on the day that I'm actually going to release this podcast. So I, I've heard some rumors that we're going to be seeing a new CDL rule set today, and hopefully we do because updates are starting to come out on Thursday now instead of Tuesday. So moving into a new roster here, we have Optic Chicago finally being revealed. They had a new logo. They used just the Optic Gaming logo and made the G into a C. They had the announcement video with Hex sort of reliving his past with losing Optic and now buying it back. Um, And the question is, what does it really mean for the CDL moving forward? What does the acquisition of Optic Gaming, the IP, by Hector Rodriguez, what does it really mean for the Call of Duty League, and how can it benefit it in a positive way? Well, obviously, Hex founded Optic Gaming. Um, He's been leading the charge for a very long time now. I would say probably since 2007, maybe, 2008, something like that. And uh, it's just all that all that you know when you think of Optic. You know, when you think when I think of Optic, I think of Hex, Scump. If I do like a Holy Trinity here, it's Hex, Scump, and Nate Shot. You know, obviously Matt uh, Nate Shot Haig is on 100 Thieves now. He he's the co-owner and founder of 100 Thieves, um, CEO, and he's doing his own ventures. And I'm a huge fan of 100 Thieves, but um, you know, I wouldn't be in competitive Call of Duty now. I wouldn't be as interested in it if it wasn't for Nate Shot back in 2012 on Black Ops 2. So that's pretty much what I associate with Optic Gaming, and now. Their their fan base has always been just uh, out of this world, really. There's really no other way to describe it. They've had such a huge fan base for many years. I went to two events in a row in 2018 and 2019 before COVID happened, really. And the 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 squad that comes out to watch Optic Gaming is absolutely insane. Like they they have the OG hype squad, and and it's just so wild to see um, a team have that much support when it comes to a competitive Call of Duty team. So a quick reminder of the rosters here for Optic Chicago and the LA Thieves, even though we mentioned the LA Thieves one in the last podcast. For Optic Chicago, we have Scump, Formal, Dashy, and Envoy. Really, really nasty squad. And for for the LA Thieves, just since I mentioned Nateshot, we have Temp, Slasher, Kenny, and TJ Halley. When I did the first take of this podcast, I completely butchered uh, the LA Thieves roster, and I couldn't remember TJ just because uh, it slipped my mind so much that first time. And that team, I could talk about the LA Thieves for for a very long time. So it's it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Optic um, does in this new league with all the teams being at each and every event and how they really perform under pressure. Because now, as of yesterday, actually, we have all the Optic Chicago players in Texas. You know, they took a picture at the Hex quarters earlier yesterday, 
and all of them are there. So that's really, really good. We have about we have about half the league in Texas now, I'm pretty sure. And if they're not all in the in Texas, I'm pretty sure at least half the league's gonna be there by the end of January. So what does this mean for the rest of the league? Um honestly, if you're not in Texas, you're doing it wrong. You know, if you're not in Texas, you're not, it's going to be really, really hard for you to win some of these online tournaments because just so many people are there, you know, taking that Texas host. So uh, that's sort of a little tangent there. And to get off that tangent, we're going to talk about the 2021 CDL season format. It was announced maybe last month, I think, back in December. And it was absolutely really, really fun to see happen because I was, I, along with many other fans, along with, you know, the owners and players, I'm sure, uh, were hoping that the season format from last year on in the Modern Warfare season would get very much improved on and uh, take us back to those majors, really. So I'm really, really excited to talk about this one, and let's break down the newly announced 2021 CDL season format. So in this 2021 season, we will see four, or not four, we'll see five major tournaments with three home series weekends leading up to each major. So pretty much just as I, as I said it, we will have three home series weekends where every single team will be at each and every home series. And then after those three home series weekends are over, we will have one major tournament. And then we will repeat the process five times. And it's it's such a good such a good format. Um, each home series weekend and major tournament will also feature all 12 teams, like I've said. And during each stage, all teams will compete in the five group play matches to determine their seed in each major. So it's it's not only very similar to the way that we had it in, C, in CWL, but we also, just like the inaugural season in, in MW, teams will earn CDL points for each match win throughout the season, with additional points awarded to teams who have performed well at each of the five major tournaments. So if this is a little hard to follow along with, obviously, if you go to the Call of Duty League.com, it's a little more... Uh, it's a little more laid out for you there, but hopefully you can sort of get the picture here. And then the top eight teams at the end of the season will qualify for the 2021 CDL playoffs. And I feel like some people are like, some are on the edge about this and some are on board. I think that having the top eight teams uh, in the standings be the only ones that qualify for the 2021 playoffs, aka champs, is especially especially in this climate with franchising and stuff like that, you want to make, you want to make teams feel important and you want them to really, really try to, to actually make it to champs. If it was like last year and all the teams just made it to champs by default, then it's sort of, it's sort of less incentive to actually try your hardest in my opinion. You know, some of those top teams could just, uh, you know, coast and, you know, sail away, not really try that hard in some of those late major tournaments. But now with the way that this is, yeah, we're gonna, we're still going to have those top teams that sort of uh, come out on top and they're, they're a little comfortable compared to the other teams. But it's not going to be as significant as we've seen in past years like Black Ops 4 and Modern Warfare. So I think that it's the right move. I think that you need to incentivize those bottom four teams to really try their best and make it to champs and it's going to be great in my opinion so i'm really really excited for it the only question that i have is when exactly is this going to start you know i think that the day that i put this podcast out thursday january 7th uh this could be a big day for a competitive call of duty they could make some sort of announcement i think that there's a rumor going around that they're going to adjust the cdl rule set tomorrow or today actually and 
add RAID, uh, RAID hardpoint, RAID search and destroy, and RAID control um, to the rule set. And I didn't even mention it in this podcast, but obviously, um, if you're a Call of Duty player, it's pretty pretty uh, apparent. In Season 1 of Cold War, they added a fan favorite that we haven't seen since Black Ops 3, so it's been a really, really long time. They added Raid back, and the best thing is that they didn't change really a single thing about it besides the aesthetic, you know? They uh, they changed, like, one car on the map. Uh, it's not a Lambo anymore. It's a, like, I don't even know what it is. I think it's, like, a, a Corvette or something or Ferrari, maybe. I'm just I'm just spitting out words at this point. Um, it's, it's themed. It's 80s themed. <laughs> that's pretty much the best way to describe it. So that's... Uh, that's Raid for you. I'm really, really excited to be back on Raid. I I have some really good memories on on Raid back in Black Ops 2. Not only from Nate Shots videos, but from my own experiences in league play, holding people off 2v4 when my when my teammates would back out and playing with teammates. Um, really, really fun to be back to be back on it. Now with Raid coming back in season one, I'm really, really hoping that the devs at Treyarch over there and the CDL sort of incentivize each other. Uh, or sort of urge each other to dip back into the past competitive map pools and see what the most fan favorite maps were. Some of the fan favorite maps that worked on like Black Ops 2 or uh, not so much Black Ops 4, but more so just in Black Ops 2 because Black Ops 2 had the best maps ever. It really did. Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2, best multiplayer maps that COD has ever seen in my opinion. And dip into some of those old Black Ops 2 maps and uh, bring them back for Season 2. Personally, I hope that Standoff comes back in Season 2. Just copy and paste Standoff, don't change anything about it, and hopefully we can get that. Because then if we do that, then we can kick off some of the more uh, mediocre maps that we have in the rule set right now and in the map pool. So I'm hoping that happens. Um, I'm also, like I said, I'm really, really interested to see when the league actually starts. I, I've heard from the Optic Podcast and from the COD Competitive Reddit that it's probably going to be like mid-February when this happens. Uh, it's probably going to coincide with the launch of Cold War Season 2, honestly. So, yeah, it's a really, really, like, really, really long wait from November to February for that to happen. But hopefully some things get cleared up soon. Uh, hopefully they're a little more transparent with us. And they've Hex has even teased things like team camos and... Um, I think that's really all he said about that. He was mentioning team camos and how the optic one looked so much better to him than all the other ones. And I'm really, really looking forward to that because I bought the CDL camos last year for one of the teams, but I didn't really play Modern Warfare that much. So I I really didn't get to use it that much unless I was playing Warzone. So the fact that I play Cold War so much now, uh, it's going to really incentivize me to, to buy some of those skins that I'm a huge fan of for some of those for some of those teams. Uh, yeah, there's some really specific ones that I'm looking out for, and hopefully, hopefully those packs are really really good. But really, um, I, it seemed like I had a lot to talk about, but I guess it really wasn't a ton, or I just managed to uh, be concise about it throughout this entire podcast. But uh, definitely one of my shorter ones. Hope that you guys enjoy hearing me back here on all of your favorite podcast platforms. This is Hold the Lane. Really, really excited to be back. As always, follow me on Twitter at DaltonFloyd67, as well as on Facebook at Hold the Lane Podcast. 
You can listen to Hold the Lane on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And also one that I have not put in the little notes here yet, follow me on Instagram at daltonfloyd.67. Make sure you put in that dot right before the 67 because I recently back in November made my Instagram public and I'm trying to get some followers there. So if you want to see me on all social medias, feel free to do so. Um, Until the next podcast, make sure you guys are continuing to stay positive, smile more, all that good stuff. Uh, one of my favorite brands ever and have a wonderful day everyone really really excited to be back this was hold the lane